I am so glad you could join us. I'm your host, Mo Gaudat. This podcast is nothing more than a conversation between two good friends sharing inspiring life stories and perhaps some nuggets of wisdom along the way. This is your invitation to slow down with us. Welcome to Slow Mo. Before I talk to you about today, I want to read to you one of the reviews that I received on Apple Podcasts, which really, really touched me. It's called Binge Worthy. I just read Mo's book, Solve for Happy, and I am feeling a huge change because of it. I am a scientist and an agnostic, and was convinced for the first time in my life that there is more to our existence than just inhibiting this body. I was over the moon to find that he has a podcast. I've listened to a few of the interviews already, and they are mind-blowing. This guy exudes love. Oh my God, thank you for saying that. And I could listen to him and his fascinating guests all day. Thank you for this podcast, Mo. You have no idea the positive difference you've made already in my life. And a nice little red heart. This is Cicely Stewart from uh, the United States. Cecily, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to write such a wonderful review. You have no idea what it means to me that my work has allowed you to think differently about life, but that you actually feel the love, because I will tell you openly that this entire effort that I put in is just driven by an enormous amount of love to everyone, for every one of my guests, for everyone that is listening and truly for a mission that is trying to make things a little bit better for everyone. And I think you taking the time to tell me that is so kind and so generous. Thank you so much, Cecily. And I hope that I continue to meet your expectations. Today, I want to introduce you to another person that's truly trying to make a difference. His books are about integrity and authenticity which are topics that I think most of us are missing in today's world. My guest is Mike Horn, and Mike is an advisor, a leader, and a partner to those who work on complex people, group, and organizational challenges. He's a visionary in a way, because he's trying to say that the right way to success in life is not about profit or about productivity or about being promoted. He's trying to say, as an expert in the topics of integrity and authenticity, that these might be the path to making a difference. Mike opens doors for people to be and to do their best, to go to work as themselves every day. As a change maker, Mike works with a deep sense of confidence and dedication He is the author of the books, Working and Living Authentically and Integrity by Design. I hope that his conversation today will inspire you, that these are probably the values that we need most. Mike Horn. Mike, thank you so much for joining me. It's uh, it's great to have you here. I have to start really with maybe... Not the easiest question. So you have two books. One is about integrity and the other is about authenticity. And 
while I am one of the people that believe that this is how the world should be, I don't know if these are the words that are normally used when we teach people how to do business and make money and succeed in life. I mean, people are much more interested in productivity and time management and negotiation skills. And why would you pick those topics? You know, these are not the most money-making, image-boosting topics in our modern world today, are they? Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. And it's great. You've just raised at least 10 questions in uh, what you've said. (laughs) One is around the differences between integrity and authenticity. Secondly, you know, why think about this while so much of the drive is towards productivity, profitability? Mm -hmm. People are at the heart of all human enterprise and all businesses, human enterprise. So I lead from a place of humanistic values. I organize my framework, my ways of thinking, my actions consistent with those humanistic values. So we can get into the definition, and I'm happy to do that, about how we distinguish between integrity and authenticity and why these things are important. And I might just go back to three things that the Swiss psychoanalyst Carl Jung said, and I reference those in Integrity by Design. The first is, you are what you do not what you say you'll do. And secondly, the greatest privilege of a lifetime is becoming the person you are. But I thought his third observation makes the most sense in putting these things together about our actions representing who we are, about the privilege of becoming ourselves. The third point uh, Jung made in that was that we can't really do anything about the first two unless we accept ourselves where we are at this moment. (laughs) So... I'm working on that. And we might talk about integrity as a corporate value and why it's luster for so many people. In ancient history, you just have to turn to Enron. Integrity was the number one corporate value in the organization. (laughs) Exactly. Didn't really make much difference, did it? And then let's just, you know, fast forward to a few years ago and take Wells Fargo. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Another company where I'm sure the executives talked about integrity. And in the end, was it more of a value on the wall or was it a value on the hall? And I think you can come to your own conclusion in that regard. And what did it do? Back to your question, what did it do to the business of those companies? Certainly didn't help their value. So you might argue that these things sound fluffy and soft. I might argue something else, that in order to maintain long-term business value. I'll say... In order to maintain long-term business value, don't get caught, seems to be the typical. And I'm I'm not critical, you know, in in terms of being a pessimist about the world. I actually tend to believe that most people are wonderful people that live with integrity. This is actually the nature of humanity. It just seems to be that it's actually easier to sue your your competitor or cut something or go around the corner. Um, It seems to be that more and more there is a tendency to be legal, not to be ethical, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that is not integrity, is it? Now, the examples abound, Mo, to your point. We have to move to a point where we care or we move beyond the cares of the legal system. Let's just take a couple of CEO compensation packages recently and on the topic of golden parachutes. You know, as um, executive exit packages were designed, their first purpose was really to 
help an organization, help a company to preserve its marketplace by not losing its CEO. Then they moved on to retaining executive talent much along the same lines, I mean, in order to save the company and increase its value. But what's happened in terms of executive exit packages, in terms of these golden parachutes, is now companies and boards of directors seem to give them away, even in the face of poor executive behavior. Let's just look at the recent McDonald's CEO scandal. And there are others that abound that sometimes boards of directors and companies are just as willing to pay somebody for their transgressions to make it go away and have less legal battle. Shareholders get concerned about those things. So I think, particularly as we move into this new stage of endemic with COVID, it's going to be more important for people to lean in to create community. And I believe that the ways you do that are through authentic leadership. Okay, so let's define them first. What is authenticity? Is it to be who you are fully, wherever you are, work, at home, with friends, with family, whatever? Or is it basically being who you should become? I mean, my question is very straightforward. If I am not as great as my company expects me to be, is authenticity the right thing to do here? Well, again, so many ways to go. Have you met authentic jerks? Probably in business. (laughs) You've met some people that have been uh, difficult, perhaps, you know, where you had disagreements over values or processes or methods or some other uh, kinds of things. So as we think about these definitions and authenticity, we also need to remove the idea of should. But it's helpful maybe at this point also to blend integrity into this discussion. So If integrity is something that is genuine, that's how we often describe it. We describe it as being of a whole cloth. And if you're an engineer, you might describe it as structural integrity. Things seem to hang together. Integrity is that that hanging together. And most people, I think many people, all people, have their integrity tested over life. It's tested when we're children. It's tested in our 20s. It's tested in our 30s. And it goes beyond. You know, sometimes people ask me, is it okay for me to tell a lie? I say, why are you asking me that question? But what I do know in organizational life, I mean, having consulted to big and small companies, C-suite leaders, and uh, shop floor stewards in the organization, is I know that when you begin to tell a lie, it erodes trust. And without trust, it's difficult to get things done. So when I think about authenticity, if integrity tends to be the, um, the notes, the musical notes over our life, I mean, that have different pitches, then authenticity is really the sense of congruency. Authenticity is my words and actions align. And even better, we'll talk about our words, actions, and ways of thinking aligning, right? Mindset, I mean, as the stage. So Authenticity is congruency, that I feel congruent between my words and actions and my ways of thinking. And generally, that results in a happier person. And the research is quite clear that we enjoy working around and for happy people. I'm not talking about the kind of happiness that comes with finding a new boyfriend or girlfriend or partner or having a baby. I'm talking about the sustained kind of happiness that goes. And that, Mo, I think comes from the issues that underlie building great places to work, trust, replacing guarded and cautious communication with open and transparent communication, having a sense of community, having some fun, 
I mean, in my work on happiness, I, I tend to believe that happiness is to be okay with life as it is. And I think authenticity is to be okay with yourself as you are. It's sort of like, this is who I am, right? There is really not much I want to hide from it. I'm okay with it. I think uh, our definitions resonate. I mean, they sync up. You know, when I'm authentic, I'm able, barring a system that's utterly hostile to my expression, I am able to bring more of who I am to what I do. You know, when I often speak to groups, I ask them as an initial question, where are you able to be more authentic? Is it at home or is it work? And the answer is rather predictable, isn't it? <laughs> what do you think people say? Sadly, at home, for sure, you're more authentic. Of course, yeah. right? And I just think, you know, having led teams, having consulted to teams, having worked with some powerful leaders in household name corporations, that this ability, why do we want to leave behind ourselves what is shortchanged in the employment relationship? And, I mean, the sacrifice that we make to ourselves when we're not able to bring more of who we are to what we do. Don't you think we're... We're living in a world that is very much less and less and less authentic, whether that's work, home, online, with friends, on dating sites. I mean, the reality is that people are, are just hiding more and more and more. I'm an optimist. I mean, I think that we have certain gifts that as coaches, as consultants, perhaps as thought leaders in these areas that we have to bring to people. And I've drawn the words of my colleague, Daria Funches, who identified that we need to bring hope to situations. If we can't bring hope to situations, you know, our ability to inspire others, to create change, to sow the seeds of some possibility uh, get shortchanged all the time. So we need hope. We need presence. We need to be there and we need discernment. We need to figure out what's work and what's not work what's important, what's not important. And when we bring our hope, our presence, and our discernment, then I think we start to work on things that are important. And I'd rather have a year of working on important than five years of working where I am thought of, where I consider my work more machine-like and disconnected from the ability to bring myself to work. And you can find that in every task. It, you know, the task doesn't have to be CEO. The task doesn't have to be manager. Those tasks can be found in all work if you believe that work is meaningful. But there seems to be a, a common background. There must be a reason why everyone is so less and less authentic. There must be some kind of a reason that people believe that it's actually better not to be authentic than to be authentic. There is a reason why people only show parts of them online, parts that are not entirely authentic and parts that are hiding most of the challenges that they're going through in life and just showing them what's known as toxic positivity all the time. Sure. These are probably issues of identity as well. Uh, getting clear on uh, who am I and who am I to you and to do the work on those kinds of questions. You know, we can be armchair observers about this, but I think there are two things that are so important in all of this work, which, you know, I'm on a mission to advance authentic leadership in the world. I think we need more of it. Totally. And uh, yeah, perhaps when we take advantage, you know, I think I remember more of the positive people and positive leaders that have impacted me as opposed to the negative ones. It's not that the negative ones or those who have... Uh, lied or have been less than transparent or have been not honest 
Sure, those folks, I feel a sense of hurt within myself, but I also know that I am inspired and encouraged by those people who have helped me to find meaning and create meaning and, you know, perhaps to address the things that all people want at some level, which is to be productive, to be inspired, to have meaningful work and to do work that's relevant. And how to work and live authentically. You know, what's the advice you're trying to tell everyone? If you bring your authentic self to work, it will actually result in a better life for you and for others. Now, as I've been trying to sort of give you the devil's advocate in terms of how people are thinking inside themselves, they're saying, oh, but those who are not authentic, they're getting more likes on Instagram and they're getting more promotions at work and so on. Let's assume that there are those, however, that completely believe, and I'm, I'm sure there are millions of us who believe that life would be better if we're authentic. How do they handle the practicalities? I mean, bad day. How do I bring my authentic self to work on a bad day? Having a bad day is part of being an authentic human being. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, right. Falling short of my expectations is part of being human. Failing to render extraordinary service to another human. Yes. Seeing my own self-interest over the uh, interests of the organization. When I choose self-interest over service, I often degrade my colleagues, I degrade my own work, and I degrade my organization. So we have to find ways to do that. And as again, leading from this set of humanistic values, one is that I believe that every individual is worthy of dignity. Every individual is worthy of to be loved. I believe in treating others with respect. I believe by putting diverse ideas and diverse people around you, you make the world a better place. People don't all operate from those values. Our world is a wonderful place with a lot of messy edges and a lot of people who believe that, you know, in order to succeed, I need to choose self-interest. Not saying don't please yourself. You should please yourself. The Velveteen Rabbit taught us that. But we please ourselves in order to take care of others, right? We are the captains of our ship and how we choose to do this. And this is why the kinds of leaders who are working to create more authenticity in workplaces are also concerned around the systemic issues that prevent people from feeling and being included in organizations. Yeah. Practical tips. So what should I do to allow myself to really, really like myself enough to be authentic completely? Say hello. I think that saying hello is the key to, you know, avoiding the divided self. This idea that we are fully capable and if I just do the things I want, it'll all be good. Inclusion, creating environments where people can begin to bring themselves, relies on that technology of saying hello to another person. I mean, too often, when we work in corporate organizations, and I'm not talking about you know, organizations of 5,000 or 10,000 or 100,000. I'm even talking about the organizations of two and three people. When we don't regard the individual as an element of our production, you know, I really don't want to talk to you. I just want to make sure you get this done and can't you complete this report for me and fail to say hello. You know, I don't know what happened to you five minutes ago, Mo. I don't know what happened to you yesterday, but I do know I have this moment in time with you now. And it's that connection, that connection that really brings the human, right? It's not the report. It's not discussing the numbers. It's actually that connection. Yes. And that's what brings us productivity, profitability, and innovation. So I'll just tie it right back to, you know, why bother? The research is clear in this regard too, uh, relative to authentic leadership. 
when people feel that they are trusted, when people feel that they can influence their manager as well as be influenced by their manager, I mean, we're moving towards authentic leadership. Let's talk about integrity by design. So this is out already, right? It was supposed to be it's out. It's out. Release date was May 11th. Very good. Congratulations. Thank you. First of all, let's define integrity uh, one more time. It's structural integrity for an engineer, is, as you rightly said. It's, it's solid. It comes together. It fits together perfectly. It works exactly the same way every time. That's integrity to me. When I show integrity as a human being, you will know that I will do things in the proper way, solid way, every single time. Right? That's integrity. Is that your definition? Whole cloth. Whole cloth. How can you make that a design topic? We have choices. I think it's so interesting. And maybe to one of your earlier points, I don't think there's a lot that's done relative to integrity discussions. And I have a suggestion about where some of that might start. Of course, in certain organizations and in certain industries, there are tests of integrity. Certain companies, they test bank tellers for their honesty and integrity. If you're an animal handler, maybe in uh, biotech, you might get tested for your how well you'll treat animals or how, how you'll respond to diseased animals. So there are all kinds of uh, tests of integrity and compassion, which don't often get very much use, probably for a lot of good reason. But the conversations around integrity start, I think, with the conversations around values. And if we jump to... Um, purpose and mission and goals without having that fundamental discussion around values, I think we end up in situations as we've described before with Wells Fargo, with the state of executive compensation where it is, with uh, Enron and many other examples. So it comes from a discussion of the values and being clear in those values. So many organizations layer in so many things that it's difficult for an employee somewhere to figure out how to make it all hang together. So I think when we start with our values, when we articulate them, when they're clear, when they're expressed, that's a way that we begin to close the gap between knowing what's possible and moving that to what's probable. It's not that executives and managers often don't know what they want to do. It's just that they have so many trappings that they don't know how to do it. So values, hold on. So I'm, I'm trying to layer this now. Values is what we jointly believe is the way we should act correct? Correct. Right. And then integrity is the ability to act based on those values consistently. That would be a one way to frame it. Some might also see integrity in and of itself as a value. Mm, that is true. That we expect people when they show up, when they work in our organization, when they work on my team, when I show up to work in an organization, you know, aside from the organizational thought, do I bring that value of being genuine being honest. You know, integrity is built on a strong moral and ethical foundation. You can't skip that. And so what before we say we're going to act with integrity, which as you rightly said, every organization, including Enron said they acted with integrity, maybe we should define our values. So perhaps Enron actually acted with integrity consistently breaking certain rules, right? So their value system was maximize your profitability. And they acted on it with integrity in that case. I mean, with consistency in a way. Yes. And we need to get beyond, I think uh, the statistic, and I don't have it off the top of my head, but in the US out of the Fortune 500, maybe 66% identify integrity as a corporate value. Wow. Looks like it's coming out of somebody's guidebook or page book and not out of a discussion. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you can't you can't operate a company without saying it, right? Right. And who's going to disagree? And yet, I mean, to your point, if it's just another word I'm reading, if it doesn't feel it in some way, or if I don't get it in some way, then then that doesn't make any difference. I might as well just put up another thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Why do you write this, Mike? It took me a while to figure it out. And I probably was until after I wrote the book, Mo, that I knew why I wrote it. And I wrote this book for people to have a best friend at work. I believe in the Gallup research, the Q12. Uh, they ask one item or one statement to which people agree. And it's the, I have a best friend at work. Strongly disagree to strongly agree. And it's one of 12 questions that Gallup uses to measure engagement. It's a predictor of how we connect with others. If you feel that someone has your back at work, if you feel that there's someone who embraces you, holds you at work, uh, supports you at work, then you're more likely to be engaged despite what may be going on in the environment. So it's creating this, you know, to have a best friend at work. And I'm happy to work slowly and uh, deliberately at this. I love that idea. As a matter of fact, when you really think about it, many of us have allies at work, right? But a friend, a good friend at work, especially if that friend is at work, not after work, if you know what I mean. I'm thinking back to some of my best years, whether at Google or Microsoft or whatever it was. Actually, I had a, a manager at Microsoft who actually always hired people that he considered were his friends. And for a while, I thought that was crazy. It's like, you know, work is not supposed to be about that. And I was one of his friends too, think about it. But after a while, it felt so friendly. You know, it was basically, you were not going there to battle it out with anyone. You were going there to spend time with a bunch of good friends. And, you know, it did make a difference, I think. Well, and uh, it makes a difference. And the actions I would suggest perhaps are simple, not easy. And that is that you have to, just as your manager did at Microsoft, you have to show that you care. And then secondly, you have to be willing to put in the work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that might summarize management, right? Yeah. Show that you care and put in the work and you'll get these things. I mean, people who believe that they can separate work and family or managers who believe that work is work, work is for work, families for family or, you know, outside life uh, for outside life. I mean, they're so naive. I mean, not to think that people aren't bringing home into work and work into home and either become dominant at different periods, Mo. And I think it's always one mix. I hope your ambition comes through. I think it would create for a, a much better work environment, especially post-COVID when it became harder and harder for people to sort of lean in through that Zoom screen and actually manage to make a friend. You know, it's, it's becoming harder and harder to do that. We don't have to operate on grand scales. We form communities in groups of three. So many people think that achievement in organizations, big corporate organizations, some of which you've mentioned, is all driven by individual heroic achievement. I think you know, I know that there's so little that happens by individual heroic achievement in bringing products and services to life. It does require teamwork. It requires you know, I think in our new environment, it requires this active community. We often forget about the strength of interpersonal relationships and their influence on organizational effectiveness. We think, oh, that was um, Salim that did this, or that was uh, Francis that did that. But it often, 
you know, most innovation happens in some sort of paired discussion. And we build a community. We build a group of three in order to create community and advance our ideas. I'm very, very, very grateful for your time today, Mike. I wish you all the best of luck with this new book. I hope it really delivers on the mission. I think having one friend at work is really a wonderful hope to have for every one of us. But honestly, if we all bring integrity by design, I think it would be better for our world in general. I'm very grateful for your time. Thank you so much, Mo, as I am grateful for your time. And I am so excited about your work on happiness and how this uh, might relate to happiness. I think there's a big connection between authenticity, congruency, and happiness. And I'm so delighted to have the opportunity to engage with you and to connect with you today. Thank you so much, Mo. As I told you in the introduction, Mike truly believes that a more authentic world, a world full of integrity, where we behave true to ourselves, is the path to individual happiness, but at the same time to a better world for all of us. I hope you believe the same too, and I hope you take action to make some change, whether to yourself or to those around you at work, because I believe, like he does, honestly, that there isn't a better thing than to feel that you have a good friend at work. Before you expect to receive that yourself, maybe you should become that friend for someone. And simple as it may sound, when you go to work, just say hello. I hope you enjoyed this quick conversation as much as I did. I hope it inspired you. And I hope that you help me spread this to others. You know what to do, leave a review, tell others on social media and find me, please. Tell me what you think. Send me a review on Apple Podcasts or send me a message on social media. And please do say hello. As we all are now going back into the faster pace of life post lockdowns, I truly encourage you to take some time to reflect and see what kind of life do you want for yourself post COVID. Don't rush back into the crazy pace because remember, it doesn't really matter how much you have on your agenda today. There is always time to slow down. I love you all for listening. I really and truly do. And I will see you next time.